welcome to Two Question Tuesday. I'm the author of ETFs for the Long Run, Dividend Stocks for Dummies, and a contributor to Forbes.com and Barron's. Each week on Two Question Tuesday, we randomly pick and answer two questions from clients of Focused Wealth Management. This week's questions will be answered by Phil D'Angelo, Managing Director of Focused Wealth, and Michael Basante, the firm's Director of Financial Planning. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning, guys. Okay. January has been the tech sector's best month since July. The NASDAQ 100 stock index is up nearly 11% since the year began, and that's double the rise in the S&P 500. But it looks like the cracks are widening in the tech industry. Analysts say this might be the worst earnings season for the tech sector since 2016. On Friday, shares of chip giant Intel tumbled 7%, after reporting a $644 million loss, a 32% drop in revenue, and a poor outlook. The company said chip inventory is high and demand is low due to falling consumer demand for PCs. Early last week, Microsoft's earnings weren't bad, but the outlook was so miserable that it even dragged down Amazon and the rest of the cloud computing space with it. There's a definite risk to earnings as both pricing power and volumes decline coming off a historic stimulus. So here's the first question, and it's a multiple question. Amid the risks of more Fed rate hikes and a recession, this looks like a market driven by the wishful thinking of investors who think the worst is over. Here's the question. What's going on in the tech sector? Is the worst over? And what are they thinking and why? And what are the fund flows telling you? So this is actually a multiple tiered question, and I think it's a great one. So What we're largely seeing to start the year has been the January effect. And remember that technology fell with the NASDAQ composite going down 34% last year. And what the January effect actually is, is in the month of January, you largely see a reversal in trends as the best performing sectors from the prior year tend to underperform and what performed poorly in the the prior year tend to do rather well in January. And we've, we've started to see that bounce back. Secondly, I think that one of the real drivers behind this is the reopening and resurgence of the Chinese economy, because in addition to the January effect, which I think has been exacerbated this year, the best performing sectors of the economy last year, healthcare, utilities, consumer staples, those don't have a lot of exposure to China, whereas technology does, because there is a lot of interconnectivity between the tech giants over in China and a lot of the tech companies here in the United States. The third thing that I would classify this as, and we've mentioned this a lot before, is the variable of expectation versus reality in terms of how companies report earnings. In our firm economic and market update, we talked about Amazon and how the day they reported earnings, that evening the stock was down between 17 to 20%, came in the next day, it wasn't down nearly as much. So what's happened in a lot of these cases is companies have really set expectations, or at least the good management teams have set expectations really low. And a lot of companies were guiding to a severe recessionary environment. GDP was reported last week at 2.9% for the fourth quarter. So corporate executives are setting the bar really low, expecting a really negative environment, and it's not, it's not as bad. So as they report their numbers, over the course of the last week, S&P 500 earnings went from negative 8% year over year to negative 1% year over year. So as that drift kind of takes place, you see that the actual reality is not as bad as expectation. And if expectations stay rather negative on the overall outlook, 
then I think a lot of the bad news is largely priced in, but you're going to still see volatility because I still think the first or second quarter of this year, that GDP number is going to be close to zero. Probably you'll get one negative quarter. So if that does happen, you go from a more positive environment to something that's going to have more volatility. But I think by the back half of the year, a lot of this is largely behind us. So you had the the worst NASDAQ uh, last year, down roughly 35% since the financial crisis. Uh, Things weren't that bad in in terms of these tech companies were more mature than ever. Silicon Valley had their stuff together. Uh, The bulk of the layoffs are coming from there because it's mature management. This isn't the tech of, you know, 25 years ago, the dot-com bust. So uh, to not buy those stocks uh, you know, earlier on in the year or hold them for, through last year's pain uh, was just wrong. So good buys in, in Techville, and as Michael pointed out. Okay, here's the second question. The U.S. dollar has hit a, hit a 20-year high in September. That entire rally has now been erased after the dollar posted its fourth consecutive monthly decline in January. The dollar now sits at a seven-month low. Why is the dollar falling? What does that mean for the economy? Look, so we've had the strongest dollar prior to this, right, in in 20-something years. Uh, So, you know, the dollar took a lot uh, off of earnings last year. Don't forget, a lot of our companies are multinational, sales denominated in U.S. dollars across the world. Why buy a Boeing jet if you're, you know, uh, sitting, uh, making the decision to buy uh, you're, let's say you're the management team of whatever they're called now, ITA, the Italian airway, right? The old Alitalia. You're sitting in Rome buying a jet. You're going to buy the local Airbus because it's cheaper in local currency than you will buy the Boeing. So, you know, the strong dollar took a lot. Actually, uh, Morgan Stanley's Mike Wilson, uh, part of his bearish thesis on the S&P 500 was the, the rally in the dollar. So what happens when that goes the other way, right? We haven't heard from him about the strong, the you know, the weakening dollar helping stocks, but that's that's another issue. So, uh, why is the dollar waking up as of late? Um, first of all, I think the bulk of our interest rate hikes are underway and, and completed, uh, probably go a little bit softer. We'll see the Fed meets on Wednesday um, and where other countries uh, have gone slower and have raised their rates meaningful and are still raising the rates and have a, a bulk to go. So we were first into this with the inflation scare, picking up on the data. Uh, the Fed was certainly heavy handed in fighting that off. I know it's early to say, but I, as the data is pointing out, the mission uh, is going where they want it to go. Uh, and um, so it is working. And because of that, that's why the dollar is softening up now. So not a bad thing for U.S. stocks. Actually, it's probably okay. Dollar was a little bit too strong. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, it, we are the cleanest, dirtiest shirt in the world. And also, you have a flock to our treasuries, right? So uh, with our, especially on the longer end of the curve, uh, people like the risk-free nature of U.S. Treasury bonds. I read over the weekend where there's a possible rebalancing uh, of pension fund monies into lower risk assets this year of over a trillion dollars into U.S. treasuries, uh, which is a huge number. And don't forget, when you buy into uh, this treasury bull market, right, and yield, the bull market and yield, it pushes down uh, the pricing. So uh, certainly that's got some implications to the dollar, too. But I think the dollar at this level is fine. Um, you know, no major concerns. And, uh, you know, it's a, it, it does increase the bullish scenario for stocks this year, as Michael pointed out uh, in our firm economic and market update. Mike, do you have any comment? The one thing that I would say, and you said it, but it, 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 maybe an easier way to kind of like extrapolate and explain this is look at the dollar versus the euro, right? Okay. When you measure the dollar versus a broad basket of other currencies, you're looking at a lot of th- a lot of variables in there. 
The Fed's almost done hiking rates, and the ECB continues to reiterate they have a lot farther to go. Inflation is still bad over in Europe. So you've seen the euro, which at one point was below par on the dollar, really recover. And I think that that's the easiest way to explain it. And that's what you said. It's the fact that global central banks have farther to go on this, and we're basically done with our rate hikes. We have a couple more. But in the grand scheme of things, we went through the fastest hiking cycle ever. And now the Fed will probably just sit for a while. Okay, guys, that was great. And if you'd like to submit a question, send it to our email address, which is question at twoquestiontuesday.com, and we'll be back next week.